Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to the very first episode of The Heart of the Game, sponsored by A to Day Poker, a podcast that aims to introduce you and me to the players we already know so well in a totally new way. I'll be using a set of questions, slightly modified, that was designed by psychologist Arthur Aaron, amongst others, almost 25 years ago to try to get people to fall in love. It was a program set up to see whether they could accelerate romance in strangers or at least to find a shortcut to intimacy and getting to know someone on a deeper level. Now, I've interviewed a lot of people in my 15 years in poker. I found that the weirder the questions and the stranger the answers, the more I really feel like I know that person on a level outside of hand histories and tournament recaps. Now, I'm not saying that I fell in love with all of them, or any of them, because that would be a little bit weird. But uh, the feeling of genuine human connection is pretty intoxicating. Now, I wondered if we could replicate that fast assist to getting to know someone in a podcast, not just for me, but for the listeners. Can we use this list of 36 progressively more personal questions that a group of psychologists came up with to hack intimacy and shortcut our way to knowing our favorite stars better, deeper? Let's find out together. My first guest is the very brave British pro, Chris Mormon, the most accomplished online tournament poker player in the world, and my teammate at 888 Poker, with more online triple crowns than anyone else, having been ranked number one in the world online more than 20 times. His poker chops really have never been in question. He's lucky enough to be married to the fantastic American poker player, Katie Lindsay, and honestly, listening to him tell stories about their wedding from four years ago almost made me cry. So he definitely has a softer side. Thanks for being the first guest, Chris. It is uh, quite brave of you. Yeah. Had you you ever heard of this experiment before? Uh, No, but I'm feeling quite a lot of pressure after that introduction, (laughs) but we'll see what we can do. Okay. Well, do you find it easy to get to know people? Like, do you find social situations easy? Um, At first, like... No, because I kind of, when I first started playing poker, I sort of, that's all I did. And it got to a stage where I was a bit socially awkward and stuff. But over the last sort of few years, I've definitely tried to lead like a more balanced life. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I feel a lot more comfortable in those situations. So it's like a period. I think it's a thing in your life that can go up and down. But right now I'm feeling pretty good about it. Well, this is a good time to do the podcast yeah, I guess then. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've modified the questions, obviously. We don't have three hours to go through all of them. We've made them a little bit more poker relevant, too. So we're going to dive in. Okay. The first one is easy because they get progressively more personal. Uh, the first one in the normal set of questions, it's what would be your perfect day? But because we're poker players, what would be the perfect way for you to celebrate a big tournament win? See, easy start. Okay. Um, just to like have a few drinks with all my friends there on the rail, like celebrating, chanting songs, doing mm-hmm. the British rail kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And just sort of no worries and just go out, have a good time. Um, you know, everyone sort of, everyone laughing, joking and uh, yeah, just in, enjoying the moment because in poker, you know, there's so many tough moments. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important to celebrate the good moments and uh, to enjoy them. Otherwise, you're just going to be a bitter old man. Yeah. And I mean, in an ideal world, you would have no hangover the next day. <laughs> yeah. But I think like having the hangover actually makes you feel like you've achieved your goal. You know what? I actually yeah. think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> the moment when a hangover lifts is like one of the best feelings in the world. Exactly. You just have to go through the hangover to get to it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, second question, a little bit more interesting maybe. So what skills do you have that would make you valuable during a zombie apocalypse? Hmm. Would you survive, number one? That's a tough one. I think I'd be pretty useless in this situation, (laughs) especially if you ask my wife. She'd be (laughs) the last person she'd want to be helping her in this situation. (laughs) But uh, maybe I'd be pretty... I'll be like fast 
I can over a short distance. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'll be like pretty stealth. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm bad at any any shooting games. Like, well, I'm not ever shot a gun, so that's a bad mm. start. And uh, any video games I play with shooting games, I'm terrible. So uh, yeah, Fortnite. My like 13 year old um, nephew, he he smashes me up at that game. So. Oh boy. Yeah, I had to quit that game. So, so I'd rather have yeah, Katie with me. I think you would. She's more of the dude. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, okay. I would be like kind of running off. And <laughs> not much help, to be honest. Well, should it happen, I am definitely going to find Katie for yeah. the zombie apocalypse because she's pretty ferocious. I yeah. think that she could take care of herself. Yeah, I think they'd be scared of her. I think they would too. Like personally, I think I've got really good survival skills. So I could build a fire in the woods. I'm good at hiding. Yeah. I think I could do that. Um, you know, I think I could find ways to be valuable for some yeah. sort of... I wouldn't mind, like, you know, sleeping out in the woods or anything like that. Okay. So that's maybe, like, I, I'm not fussy. You know, I'll stay anywhere. I don't right. I don't need anything nice kind of thing. So. You haven't become so fancy and soft no, because of no, all your poker I'll, success? No, I'm, I stick to my roots. So I don't uh. mind flying economy, something like that. You oh! Know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be a pigeon. Wow, <laughs> you are a man of the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so third question. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any quality or ability, what would it be? Um, probably to s see what people are thinking, I guess, maybe. Huh. Just to like see if they're like saying one thing and thinking another and just, uh, or if they're talking a, a bunch of stuff about you or just like, it'd be, I think it'd be interesting to see like w how often people are telling the truth mm. and just different things. It'd be, uh, it's a different way to look at life, I think, so quite rather than like a special superpower like that would kind of, I don't know, help people and stuff. I just, I would, I, I don't know, I'd like to sort of see more the psychology of like huh. how people uh, react and act kind of thing. Interesting. So like Wonder Woman's lasso. Yeah. Yeah. Like truth. Like yeah. being able to tell. You, how about yourself? Ooh. Um, for me, I think I would love to be able to understand all languages. Yeah. It's so frustrating living in different parts of the world and living in countries where I'm foreign. It is really hard. I mean, I can't even I can't like do paperwork on my own. I can't make phone calls on my own. It's uh, for someone who's really independent like me. It feels unbelievably dependent yeah. to have to how, always. How would you rate your Italian out of 10? Oh, I'd say I'm at like, I, th I you know, I think I'm at a five. It's not Too terrible, bad, yeah. but yeah, I can't really talk about anything yeah, I'd, interesting. I'd probably rate my English about five, so that's, that's, not, that's not bad. Like, I just think it's so hard for English people with languages. I think we're just yeah. lazy, and we, just because so many, everyone speaks English, mm -hmm. everyone, you know, we don't bother to learn any other languages. We think we're too good or something. You know, I think you're right. People always say to me, like, they apologize to me in Italy for not speaking better English, and they speak English. I'm like, well, we're actually in Italy. <laughs> it's more embarrassing that I can't speak the language yeah. of the country where I'm living, so you don't have to apologize. <laughs> But yeah, I think we're lazy. In Canada, I think we're lazy for sure. We're supposed to learn French and I right. didn't, you know, I don't speak French. Yeah. Well, the Canadians and the French, they laugh at each other, don't they? When I've been to, Mon like I've yeah. seen Montreal people come to France and the French people pretend not to even understand a word they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> going to Montreal <laughs> can, be, ha it can yeah. be hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you try to speak French Canadian, uh, here or over in France, yeah, Oof, it's embarrassing. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah they don't it's, like it. No, it's like peasant French <laughs> or from the 17th century or something. All right, you've done really well on the first set, but then they're you know they're getting harder. They're so gonna we'll get harder. Goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. they get more. They you know more personal. So let's look at set two. There's three sets of questions. Okay. So if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, 
what would you want to know? Especially considering that that's what you would want for your ability or your superpower is to know, you know, when people are being genuine. What would you want to know? Is there anything out there where you're like, this I'd like to know? About myself or about... Anything. It could be about yourself. It could be about wow. the world. Anything. The level just went up. A, right. A bit, yeah, I know. It just went up like 10x. <laughs> um, ah, damn. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one. Let me... So... Wait, can you repeat the question? Definitely, so, yeah. yeah. So if you had a crystal ball that could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, anything else, what would you want to know? Personally, okay, I think, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I'll give uh, you, yeah, you know, okay, make it a little help. easier. Um, I would want to know, maybe number one, if there was life on other planets. Like okay. if, there were actual, if there's actually intelligent life on other planets. I, that would make me curious. And if I could look into the future, I'd want to see how many years of like... <laughs> normal ish yeah. life we have left before you know climate change and all of those zombie apocalypse things happen right yeah that's me oh, fair enough yeah I, I wouldn't want to know definitely wouldn't want to know like what happens to future me because that would yeah. yeah i wouldn't want to know like when you died or something like that, that would no be um i actually i've kind of a little bit similar it was a little spin-off but maybe but uh i'd like to like know if you sort of have previous life and what Ooh. happened like so I don't know, for, for a weird reason, I've always believed in re reincarnation. No really? real, like, no real, like, scientific reason behind it or no belief. I'm not really religious or anything. Yeah. But I don't know, it's just something that has made me feel better, like, more at ease with, like, people dying. And, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe they're going on to do something else. And, yeah. Uh, like, I don't know, like, not just as a person, maybe an animal or... Um, just anything really Damn. but like so i'd like to know you know if if we do have previous life and what <laughs> i did and like yeah so something like that probably. have you ever like i don't know talked to a psychic or had someone like tell you anything about that or had any inkling of what it would have been as a past life um no not just really. curiosity no, no yeah i haven't okay. really ever looked into it and stuff and okay. had any like premonitions or yeah. whatever but like no, I think it would be interesting to see if it's out there. or yeah. I totally or like agree. Even what, you know, people, the loved ones that you've lost, yeah. like what, what they're doing now or whatever, you know. So yeah. Think, and sometimes yeah. you meet people and you feel like immediately you right, have a strong you have connection, connection, right? Yeah, and you sure. kind of wonder. All right, I'm going to tell you something. I probably never really. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I believe in reincarnation. I, I don't think I do, but when I was a kid, I had a very um, interesting upbringing, and I remember, I forget how old I was, like 11 maybe, and I was at this medium. I was in this, with this group of people, and they decided to do a past life regression on me, right. and it didn't really work because, I don't know, I have a very analytical brain, so I was trying to go through the like visualizations and whatever, and it didn't really work. But then when they said, okay, well, we're done. I opened my eyes and I'm not, I, like, I shit you not. Yeah. My eyes had gone blue. Wow. <laughs> I was like 10 or 11 years old. So maybe it was a mass hallucination because yeah. the other women in the room were all adults and they were like, oh my God. But it was weird. Yeah, so like some superhero shit. I know, right? <laughs> I kind of always wondered if I was a superhero. But <laughs> all right, um, next question. Oh, wow. This is a big one, too. So if you knew that in one year you would actually die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you're living right now? That's um, a heavy question. Yeah, it is. It's like it's hard to know without it actually happening. I right. Think. Like you can obviously in theory you could say. Uh, 
like I think yeah I would probably play way less poker because it's wow. like well yeah like I love it but like it's also yeah. like part of the reason you play is to make money and do well and have security so like if you've got one year to live then you kind of just want to do all the things you haven't done before mm -hmm. like travel like I might go to Japan uh next year I've never been um, oh wow to that part of the world just because like I've never really had a, a tournament that's taken me that way and so yeah I might like I'd definitely go to some places I've never never been before I'd definitely like to sort of take my like parents mm. to different places and get them to experience different things like even just the silly things like my mum's like won't try sushi but I'd like <laughs> I'd force her to try it in front of me you know just to like see how she reacts and you like, will be like, like yeah it. I'd be like this is my favorite sushi restaurant you will like something here you know like you can't be so stubborn and sort of set in your ways mm. and just I don't know I'd like to just um yeah just hang out with people I love every day kind of thing and just uh, enjoy the time mm. you have left and uh have no regrets but like yeah i would i guess i just it wouldn't it's weird because poker is like maybe my number one love in life mm -hmm. like Kay always says that she's second behind poker. <laughs> oh. but um no like um i actually wouldn't play any poker even though i love it so much like mm -hmm. I, I i do other stuff that i always think you know put off or um should do more of kind of things so yeah i guess that I think we're super lucky having been in poker for so long because we've had the chance to travel a lot. Like yeah. with the sushi thing, I think if you think about the people that maybe we not are friends with now in poker, but people we grew up with or maybe who have kind of stayed in the same place. I don't know. I think we're really lucky. We lose something, though, in that as well. And I mean, yeah. you've moved internationally as well. You know, a few times you understand what it's like to kind of leave people behind and move your life somewhere else. I definitely struggle a bit with that. You lose the sense of community and yeah, it's tough. like belonging, but then I guess we can always go back. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, not the it's same not, though, it's is not, it? It's easy. It's not the yeah. same. And like, I mean, I always, whenever I come to London for these stops, I always uh, meet up with my university friends. Mm -hmm. So we are like reminisce about the old times, go and watch football together. But you know, like sometimes I love living in Vegas sometimes, uh, uh, most of the time, but yeah. like there's times when I want to watch, get up, watch the football the weekend and watch it with friends. And it, you know, at home it's at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, it's really convenient. Mm -hmm. And then in Vegas, I'm having to sort of set an alarm to get up 6 a.m., tired watching it by myself, sort of, you know, just, and like the team loses and I'm just by myself and I'm like, fuck this, you know. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, and obviously most of the time it's good, but it, yeah, it's just, you know, it's nice to sort of reconnect with people. And, mm -hmm. you know, even when I come home, it's funny, like my uh, uni university friends will make fun of me for mm. having sort of a hybrid American accent now. So, really? Yeah. So man I can't hear it at it. all yeah. I, I make sure I never say certain words that yeah. I might say back in the states but you still say banana yeah yeah <laughs> I don't say like I never say freeway or gas or any of that oh wow stuff. yeah but yeah but still they still rip me for having wow. certain words just pronounce them differently so yeah you can't really help it like yeah, if exactly. you live somewhere spend, and you're married like, to okay, an American yeah exactly so yeah I don't know in hmm. the future I, I just would I'd like if I you know if my future kid or whatever I'd like them to speak English though really <laughs> proper American. English yeah yeah exactly wow. I have to take them to like a English tutor or something yeah <laughs> that because that is kind of a weird thing to have a child who has a different accent than you do yeah or a different culture 
Yeah. Like if you're, if you guys have a kid and they're raised in America, they're not, you know, he or she is not going to understand what it's like to have kind of the mates at uni and football games. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to be playing. She'll NFL. say soccer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'll be mm. like, yeah, I'll have to take them out in the garden every day. And keep, <laughs> <laughs> I've already got a goal in my back garden. Just oh, wow. <laughs> preparation. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, another question then. Kind of in the same vein, what do you value most in a friendship? Um, I guess loyalty. Mm, like, yeah. One thing I actually learned that I didn't think I'd learn from, like, I don't know, like going into a wedding, it's, I think it's very different for like guys and girls. Um, like a guy, I was just like going in, I was just like, okay, I hope sort of Kate's like the wedding of a dream. She yeah. has like everything goes to the plan and she has a good time and like she's smiling and she's laughing and it's like, a moment we can sort of like she can remember for the rest of her life mm. kind of thing but then obviously when you go through it you are you're in it as well and you don't realize how important it is to you as a guy mm. until you get there and like just different things like when i was on my sort of stag do just um like when you're a guy you think of your friends as just like you they're your friends because you enjoy hanging out with them you're like, funny mm -hmm. like like have a laugh and stuff like that you don't think of things like oh this guy would you know do anything for me or like you right. just don't think about those kind of like we can have a cry things. together yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't really have too many hearts to hearts unless mm. you're like it's like 2 a.m and you're, you're mm -hmm. a few beers deep kind of thing so like it's nice to see people sort of just there and enjoying your moment and yeah. um traveling halfway across the world to be there it's like it's just cool like and you don't even i wasn't expecting it at all but mm. uh yeah it, was, it truly was like the best day of my life it was cool and i wasn't expecting that so yeah I remember hearing you talk about your wedding, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I think, and you were talking about giving the speech and what that meant to you and how right. surprised you were about how like deeply it impacted yeah, you. Yeah, because I wasn't going to do it originally. Yeah. Um, I don't really like public speaking. I haven't really done it that much, to be honest, since like leaving school. I mean, I had to do it a few times just because of like writing the book and doing the book mm. launch and stuff. And it went OK. And I like felt good about it as good as it could like you yeah. know i'm never going to be the best in the world at that kind of thing but like i did all right and i was sort of like okay i'm glad i did that but then yeah going into the wedding i wasn't gonna do it and katie didn't want to do it uh, a lot of traditional stuff anyway mm. so she was she wasn't like pressurizing me to do or anything she, she was probably pressurizing me not to do it because she didn't <laughs> want me to like do something wrong and embarrass myself but then like going into the sort of like you know three weeks before i'm like reading it up like art schools and stuff and i'm just like God, I gotta do this. Like, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm only gonna get married once. So, um, <laughs> like, that's I don't, the dream. I, yeah, I don't wanna like <laughs> look back and be like, oh, I really wish I'd done a speech or something. Yeah. Because, you know? like, I can't, don't get a second chance there, hopefully. So, uh, I, I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And, like, wrote it a couple of days before, practiced, practiced it a few times, practiced it in front of my dad. But my dad being my dad, he kind of was like, you could do better. <laughs> kind of be oh. like, well, like, you know, he was like, <laughs> that was like the part where I was like, I've got a really good joke here. And he'd be like, no, nah, I think you should scrap that. And I was like, no, Brutal. Uh, no, I was like, I'm overruling you here. You're wrong. Kind of nice. thing. So I went with it and like people laughed at the joke. I was like, yes, I told you dad, you know, like <laughs> in your face. <laughs> yeah. You don't know, You don't always know best. So no. And uh, I was really happy I did it. And it like definitely sort of, I don't know, it made, even like made me feel more sort of, grown up as well just like yeah wow i'm really doing this yeah. and like, i mean you're married man you're know, super it's, grown up it's, it's crazy <laughs> it's weird isn't it yeah it is a bit weird now you uh, you and katie both speak english as your first language but she's american and you're british so you do actually have different cultures and i mean i'm canadian and i, I moved yeah. to england um you know 20 years ago and i had a bit of culture shock myself so 
as a, hmm, uh, as a, as a couple with two cultures, what do you think the biggest issue for you guys has been in that? Because I'm also, I mean, I'm married to an Italian and we both speak English, yeah. but we have very different cultural backgrounds and that definitely comes up sometimes in a relationship. So have you seen any of that? Um, yeah, but I don't think it actually it's like that pronounced in our relationship mm. just because um, we have a lot of similar similarities anyway. Like right. she was involved in poker before she met me. Yeah. Like uh, even when I met her parents for the first time, they... They love poker. They, they're really? watching all the time. Yeah, oh, that's, they, they, that's cool. They kind of knew me already. Without, um, <laughs> like, obviously, I spoke to them on Skype and stuff. But like, when I met them the first time, they'd already bought me like a bunch of English stuff, like pies and stuff like that. Huh. Although that was one thing I, I didn't like pies, so I had to sort of eat them and sort of oh. yeah, smile and be like, "Thanks very much." Do but, they know now? Yeah, yeah. I oh, that's them. good. Yeah, we laughed about it after. I was that's like, good. Yeah, yeah, you know, being English, I had to, you know, <laughs> like not quite as polite as Canadians, but yeah, yeah. Like I just was like, I'm gonna have to go with this, but um. No, like, obviously, there are there are differences, but I think that's more, I don't know if that's to do with our, like, where we're from. I think we're just very different people, and mm -hmm. we handle things differently. I would say one big thing, actually, is uh, the biggest difference, I think, between Americans and English people is how they handle um, when things go wrong. Huh. So, like, an American, I think, will look for outside help a lot more. Oh, yeah. So they'll go to, like, professional help. Yep. Whereas an English person is going to be like, oh, if I do that, my friends think I'm going to crazy. You know? Right, They're yeah. Like, Therapies for like crazy a, people. Yeah, it's like a sign of weakness. Like, yeah. you know, you just man up and get on with it yourself and, hmm. yeah, just get on with it and, you know, moan about it maybe a bit. That's what <laughs> English people like to do. They like to moan about their problems and not oh, sort them out. You know, they yeah. always moan about their job or whatever. But, like, whereas I think Americans, like, almost too much like want someone to sort their problem for them so it's like yeah. i mean there's, there's balance in between but yeah definitely um she's a lot more of a fixer and like if mm. something's going wrong she wants to fix it immediately so it's you know sorted where i'm just sort of uh, a lot quieter and i sort of reflect on my problems more and then wait and see what happens it just all comes out and like <laughs> after about a week and she's like i knew there was something wrong with you why didn't you tell me a week ago when i asked you i'm like oh, well because you know i had to try and figure it out myself first you know I don't, yeah i like to yeah I do it myself <laughs> mm -hmm. there's a story in your book in your second book um after you two had been dating for two weeks and you had 70 grand in a bag yeah. and you gave it to her to take to the house and you'd only known her two weeks and yeah. you, it was just like a normal thing for you and then when you got to the house she gave you a little slap across the face and told you to never do that again with anybody else right, right yeah uh, has there ever been another incident where she's just like, no, do not do this ever again? Um, yeah, many times, <laughs> to be honest. I could, I could, oh, this, that must be a whole list. Like, I'm always doing sort of, my common sense is really bad. Oh. Uh, yeah, and it's something I'm trying to work on, but it's also something that's really hard because it's not just like, some things, you know, you do it because mm -hmm. you're not trying or something. I just, I just, I don't know, I just, lose my mind for a second i'll like leave yeah. i'll be cooking breakfast or something and leave the gas on and then it's oh. on for like six hours or forget to lock the front door or just but it's not like i'm doing it on purpose i'm not trying to do these things it's, yeah. so it's a hard thing to um fix so it's, it's one of those things that yeah i just don't think sometimes i'm like oh yeah this is normal it's, it's not a big deal and yeah, yeah yeah no i can relate to that for sure for sure all right, you've done really well. We've got the last set of questions now. Okay. So the hardest ones, though. Well, so, the most personal. Yeah. Okay. Although some of those were pretty personal too. I got to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> All right. So, 
Have you ever been genuinely terrified? Um, yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, probably the first time I can remember was I was, I guess, four or five. And it's like one of my first memories in life kind of thing. Uh, I was in Wales on like a family holiday mm -hmm. and I was in the ocean and I Ugh. couldn't really swim at this stage, I guess, but I was sort of just paddling in the ocean and then the ocean floor suddenly like huge drop and I went from like being able to stand up to sort of not being able to and starting panicking, like splashing around and sort of... <laughs> Um, my dad's not going to like this podcast because it's the second negative thing I've said. But no, he was um, on the beach and he just sort of thought that I was waving at him. Oh, so no. I was splashing around. Like, no, I'm like, drowning. Panicking. Yeah. And he was just waving back at me kind oh. of thing. And I was like, oh my God, what can I do? I like trying to panic more, but obviously that's panicking me more as well. And I'm oh. going under more. And it, it literally got to the stage where I was kind of like out of breath, gave up and like head goes under and like, out of nowhere my uncle ran in and like grabbed me out and like <laughs> saved me basically Oof. and my dad was oblivious to what was going on <laughs> and then but for like the longest time I always had fear of water after that yeah and uh you know I still swim and stuff but I never wanted to do any of that mm. stuff and stayed away from the ocean really and it wasn't till actually until I met Katie and she uh she's loves the ocean so she's yeah. the opposite than that she loves scuba diving and all that stuff but she likes, you know, she wanted me to, to do it with her. Mm -hmm. But like, obviously I told her the story and she understood, but like took some baby steps. And I, uh, like a few years ago, I actually managed to get like a scuba diving license. Oh, in Mexico wow. And yeah, like braved it. And I, I've done a few dives and I enjoyed them. Like I still had time. Did you? Was, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. Because from your face, them. you're yeah. like, uh. uh. Like it was weird because I'm enjoying seeing what I'm seeing, but I'm yeah. also a bit panicking as well. Like there's definitely some moments where I'm like, breathing heavily and like the mask comes off and I get in my eyes and stuff oh. and then I start losing my shit but um no for the most part I'm glad that I sort of tried to tackle that fear like I've also done a similar thing with heights I always didn't really like heights I think actually now looking back it's more edges than heights right and um, one year my friend <clears throat> did a bet with me to like for a thousand dollars that I wouldn't do the jump off the stratosphere oh right Oof. um so I was like well this is as good a time as any to try and cure that fear. So I did it. And, uh, but the worst part was leading up to it. I went down to do it and, uh, got up there and then they had to cancel it that day. So then I had so to, you to work yourself up to it yeah, again. Exactly. But <gasps> then on the, the day I actually did it, I, there was this guy who was, who was in front of me. He must've been like 78 years old and he'd done it like six times and he was an absolute <laughs> boss and he was not even worried. So I was like, okay, I need to like snap out of this. If this guy can do it like, you know, eight times, like, I should be fine. And it was, yeah, it was, it was okay. And then after that I did a skydive and I actually really enjoyed that. Huh. So, I, I'm, you know, glad you're like, that. you face into your yeah, fears. Although I still never do a bungee jump. Like right. that's the one. How that, come? I don't know. I just really don't like Oof. the idea of sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's the like, risk it's reward like the ratio for me is, is way off. For right. That. The skydive is so high up that it doesn't almost doesn't feel that high. If that makes sense. Like you can see the feels. They just, I don't know. It doesn't feel real. And like Ugh. you have someone there with you. Whereas the bungee jump is just all on you. I don't know. Huh. So yeah, I'd never do that. But 
anything else. Did you have someone like attached to you for the skydive? So yeah. they, they jump. So you don't have to jump, right? right? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't go myself. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to go yourself on the first time no. anyway. But yeah, I wouldn't trust myself to pull the, the <laughs> you know, I might forget knowing me. Well, <laughs> just, <laughs> just enjoy yeah, the ride. Just, I'm like, oh, this is a good view. Oh, shit, too late. Oh. You know? But no, so definitely glad that I sort of tackled some of these fears because yeah. it's made me sort of, I don't know, like, you definitely feel huh. not accomplishment, but just kind of, it's good to tackle fears and mm-hmm. get over things. So, yeah. <laughs> That's, you know what, in your dad's defense too, for the swimming one, I have a very similar memory and it just kind of came back to me when you were talking about that. I think parents get so exhausted <laughs> that, and as a new parent, I'm yeah. kind of speaking from experience that, you know, you can just sometimes be a little like, yes, hello, hello, <laughs> waving, waving, and then not going to yeah, realize like, what's happening. You, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're still there. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm, relaxing. Yeah. Just yeah. give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I can kind of see that. But yeah, so yours are actually kind of, yeah, more interesting than mine. I was going to say mine, the, I, for the time that kind of I remember being genuinely terrified was uh, I was in university yeah. and I was living, we were living in a, this house that had half a basement and the other half of the basement had a tenant in it. So, but they had like an outside door or whatever. And then there was a, another apartment above us. So it was a house with three apartments and I would go down to the basement to do the, the laundry. And I remember going down there one day and I was doing the laundry and then I could hear like a, a, a slight tapping or something from the dividing wall. Yeah. And I looked over and there was an actual door that I'd never really recognized before. I'd seen as a door and it it had like some boards that were crisscrossed so cuz they had like tried to close the door i guess with some bars across it but you could see that they didn't work right and through the little cross i could see an eye <laughs> yeah <laughs> how are we okay it was terrifying so i i was i was like 20 all right terrified so I'm looking at this eye who can now obviously see that I've noticed it and it's the guy that this older man who I've never really met who lives on the other side of the wall and he starts talking to me and I like as a just a physical reaction out of terror hide yeah but he knows I'm there because he just saw me so I'm like (laughs) hiding behind the furnace and he's talking to me about I'm not gonna hurt you he says I just wanted to I just wanted to say hi to a pretty girl that's all is it so wrong to want to just say hi to a pretty girl the eye stares at me without blinking through the thing and I remember I ran upstairs and shut and locked the door and threw up. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, like, it sounds like something out of a horror movie. Right? <laughs> it's still, it actually makes me still have this reaction like, oh. and I was uh, too poor at the time because I was a university student to move immediately. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, how long did you have to stay there? Six months. And then you see him again? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was terrifying. Every time? Or? Every time I was terrified. I was just like, yeah, terrifying. He never revealed himself? Well, I, I saw him outside a couple of times. He was very disheveled and he just didn't look entirely well. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. yeah. But he never tried to. Never, to, never. To I think he outside. saw, I think he was drunk at the time is my guess. And so it was just, you know. Maybe the, the dark gave him, you know. Right. Confidence. It was just, <laughs> so for me, that was kind of the, the most yeah. terrified I think I've ever been. 
one or two times more. But yeah, anyways. Okay, so it's not always about me. Let's go to the next uh, question. If you could change anything about the way... Oh, this is going to be tough because you're not going to want to answer this one, maybe. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? That's a tough question because it's not a criticism about parents. Yeah. Like for me, I think I probably wish I could have gone to boarding school. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to go to boarding school, but we couldn't. Or maybe indoor plumbing. I would have enjoyed indoor plumbing growing up. We didn't have it till I was like 15. <laughs> so I would have changed that for sure. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, I would have gone to a different uh, sort of school between the ages of 11, 18. I, okay. saw, I talked to, I think I talked about it briefly in my book, but mm-hmm. basically it was like a gra- it was grammar school. So you had to do an exam to get in. Right. And uh, I did all sort of the revision six months before and managed to get through. But like I only really got through because I was really good at maths and so there was like three elements to the exam it was like maths english and verbal reasoning which is a little i guess verbal reasons like i don't know i don't even know how to describe it now i guess mm. it's like patterns and stuff so i was good at the patterns but then some of it's common sense so i was bad at that stuff so <laughs> like i was okay at that one but english i was pretty bad and at maths i was really good so like my maths i got pretty much full marks so it got me through to the huh. school so once i got through like i my like my parents as well they really wanted me to go to the school i looked around it seemed okay like a lot of my other friends were going to different schools so i had to sort of make new friends which is obviously never easy at that age anyway like it wasn't too far away it was like 45 minutes but i had to get a bus there a long bus journey home so it adds to the day and stuff and the first year i tried kind of really hard there and i was used to being sort of the second best in my class uh growing up Mm -hmm. behind this one wonder kid girl yeah, yeah, who you could never beat. No, I still remember her name. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, but then I got to this new school and there was a lot more intelligent people there. And I would, tried hard the first year. Maybe I was sort of seventh or eighth best out of 25 kids or hmm. whatever. That's tough. Yeah, so I'm above average. But like, I was like an all or nothing. Like I either want to be like the best or close to the best. Yep. Or, or it's not worth it. Yeah, well, I would rather just get by and like, yeah. do the minimum. So I ended up doing the minimum to mm. get through and i also got like um well after second year yeah i stopped trying as hard and then i also uh got bullied a lot there Ugh. and i never wanted to but i didn't want the stigma of leaving and starting a new school and like having to be lie about why i'd moved mm-hmm. and, like, i didn't want to you know so i just stuck it out basically but you know so everyone's like and meanwhile everyone's telling you these are the best years of your life kind of thing you're like oh yeah <laughs> that sucks <laughs> yeah exactly like it's gonna get worse for me great <laughs> you know but uh no and so there's tough times definitely like times of counting down the time to like got to sort of a new start at university kind of thing yeah um but it's like one of those things because i would change it but i wouldn't because like mm. i think it made me who i am kind of thing and uh definitely learned a lot from it and from it and yeah it shaped me into like someone who's sort of like with poker as well it's like made me sort of try harder and Mm -hmm. i don't know just different things like i want to prove to them that i can be successful and do good and stuff so i would change it because it wasn't a good experience but also i see the the good it brought me as well yeah there's value in that and you know and it's like it's not a decision that anyone knew could happen it's just the way it is i also feel like it's crazy because like bullying or whatever it it really is if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time on the wrong day then that's when it can start and if you know yeah it's you know it doesn't have to be about you it's It's not about you yeah yeah it's it's like you're just in the wrong place the wrong time then you're a target and then you the way you react as well if if you react too much then they're gonna get off on that so yeah 
yeah, it just was one of those things, but obviously something I don't want to relive. And, mm-hmm. But it was, wasn't something that, like my upbringing sort of, that the, a decision my parents made or something that yeah. they could have foreseen happen. And like, I was the one who didn't tell them about it really. And, you know, obviously if I told them, they would have snapped moved me to a different school and stuff. It wasn't like they yeah. were like, you got to stay in this school or something like that. So, <laughs> Toughen up. No, I made the decision to just sort of write it out. and Yeah. yeah. It's such a common experience for a lot of people too. Yeah, yeah. That sure. like, it's almost expected. You watch TV shows and movies about growing up and there's always some of it in there it's unfortunately yeah. actually a kind of expected thing to happen it's yeah it's, it's like it's you rubbish. can try and stamp it out but like it's impossible really yeah. like it's also like a time people's lives when they're changing so much as well so yeah it's just yeah and people are too young to be able to deal with that so mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's probably i don't know it's probably getting worse now with like all the social media and i know stuff, like, i can't so. imagine growing yeah. up now that's yeah, like, like so much harder yeah so I don't know. I I think better to be the bullied than the bully. I got to say, like, yeah. I, I'm glad that, like, I'm not glad I was bullied because I was bullied too. And I, but I'm glad I wasn't the bully. I don't know how you live with yourself if you look back on it and are like, yeah, yeah. I totally bullied the hell out of that kid. You yeah. know, <laughs> I made their life miserable. Ha <laughs> ha. No, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd rather be on this side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Last question. Okay. Okay. You've done really well. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got no one to live up to first. The first one, that's one good thing. You're setting the, the bar really yeah. high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your house containing everything you own catches fire. Yeah. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be? <laughs> um, this is a hard one for me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think in the moment I would choose something bad, mm. you know, I'd just grab the first. Right? Yeah. Yes. Like I, I'd, it's like your coat. <laughs> <laughs> or like just something that you can just replace as well. Yeah. Like, I don't have like a laptop. Like I don't have important stuff on yeah. it. Whereas, you know, like I'm like, oh, if I lose that file, it's like the end of, you know, end yeah. of my life kind of thing. But I would just, I would probably, in the moment, my like sort of math side of my brain would sort of switch on and be like okay that's the most expensive item that i can grab quickly not that it really matters because like you want something for memories yeah um so like if i'm thinking about the question i would definitely pick something that's irreplaceable Mm -hmm. but in the moment i'd probably just grab the most expensive thing that i can pick up yeah (laughs) i agree yeah i probably just wouldn't even go that's too big but like yeah (laughs) just grab a laptop or something like yeah yeah yeah. just be like don't even bother because honestly you're just yeah, don't don't run back into a burning building. There's nothing that you can't replace. I yeah. feel like, I don't know. I have a box full of old letters and stuff from when I was a kid, right. when letter writing was still a thing back in the olden days. And uh, that I probably, if I was thinking properly, I would probably try to pick up. But I don't know. There's nothing that's really irreplaceable besides people and pets. So yeah, so you yeah. make sure you got them first. But I know, yeah. right? But yeah. I would definitely be scared though. Being, I don't, I've never been in touch wood in, in a fire, so that would. Oh my god, I have. That, really? Yes, I <laughs> you have. You sound excited. No, I just remembered. <laughs> I was 17, and I was on a date in this Chinese restaurant and there was nobody else in the restaurant and we'd finished dinner and we ordered some deep fried wontons and we were waiting for them and there was this weird smell of smoke and people started running around and then all of a sudden someone ran out of the kitchen, grabbed the cash register and legged it out the door and we were like, okay, what the hell? (laughs) 
And they were like, you need to go now. So we left the money on the table because we're yeah. very Canadian. And the place burned down. We sat in the car with a bag of deep fried wontons and watched this whole restaurant burn down. Wow. But everyone wild. got out. Everyone got out. Yeah. Yeah. Went back for the wontons. Wow. No, that's like the only <laughs> real time I saw fire was I was, I must have been like 12 or so. Uh, and me, my sister, and my mum went to uh, the cinema to watch Aladdin, the original uh-huh. Aladdin. Wow. And we like did this drive all the time. We, on the way back, we were driving past my dad's work, and my mum did a classic, like, wave to dad at work kind of thing. So, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then she was like, oh my God. And I was like, what? And uh, it was like her, his work was on fire. Oh, there was like, wow. smoke coming out of it. And it's just like, your dad's in there, and, but just kept driving. Because <laughs> oh. he was like, didn't know what to do. <laughs> and like it, like, it was pretty lucky. It turns out like the wind was blowing the right way, so it didn't get his side Thank of the goodness. office. But if it had been blown the other way, it could have, you know, who that's knows what terrifying. Yeah, but like at the time, you just like, it was so surreal. We were yeah. like, oh, but that's works on fire. That yeah, shouldn't what, be happening. <laughs> what do you do in a moment right, like that? Yeah. Like your brain doesn't generally work that well. Yeah, yeah. It was just more shock. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Wave, wave goodbye. (laughs) Give him one last wave. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, well, normally this experiment ends with a very uncomfortable amount of eye contact between two and four minutes of staring into each other's eyes without speaking. But thankfully, an audio (laughs) podcast doesn't really lend itself to that. But for those of you who are out there listening, who are just on the cusp of falling in love with Chris, you can find yourself a photo of him on his website and stare at it for as long as you want. So thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you've gotten an insight into Chris that you did not expect. And Chris, I hope that wasn't too hard. No, it was fun. It was, yeah, it was a bit good. like unexpected. And, yeah, it's always <laughs> on the spot, but yeah, it was good fun. It's really interesting answers. And I appreciate that you played along too, because I know it can be a little nerve wracking. And yeah, I appreciate it a lot. You were very brave to try this out with me. And uh, I hope everyone tunes in. In 2020, we're going to be doing this as a monthly podcast. And I'd like to see you all back here for the heart of the game. 